In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We're all the way up to album 43, the Orlando Thomas of albums. Is that right? The Low Wolf. End Theory by a tribe <laughs> called Quest. Guys, you know what? I was thinking the other day, what if, let's just say theoretically, somebody was going to go on a date with somebody and they wanted to have them listen to the show. But, you know, at this point, we're so funny and we do so many inside jokes that I think it would be best if we just had a kind of a wrap up of the show. Okay. So I'm going to uh, push play on this MP3 that I just downloaded off of LimeWire and let's get a quick history of. Beck did it better. And I almost said the Rob show there, to be honest with you. I did almost say the Rob show. Uh, but that kind of, you know, rolls off the tongue. It's euphonious. All right, let's see. Here's a history of Beck did it better. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K-Rob, K-R-O-B. You know, we're all about our history, getting back to our roots. If you haven't heard our first 43 episodes, you might be wondering, what the heck is going on? Well, let me play you a little song. You can be my hamburger, because I'll play ketchup. Yeah. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. Yeah. So what's the what's the what's the history of yes. the show? Here we yes. go, yo. Here we go, yo. Yes. So what's the what's the what's the history of the show? You know this, and you know that. But Woo. do you know about the guys on what? the podcast? Well, what yes. do you know, Russell, Aaron, and Matt? I can give you a history of all that. First, we have <laughs> Russell. He always orders bacon. Lots of online dates. You know he be making. He always has a drink. He always is thinking that I need to believe it when I say deep dicking. Next up is Quiet Matt. <laughs> he is a dad. When the kids are having fun, he starts to get mad. He has a spreadsheet where the bad things go. His mom folds his laundry down his garden plate of bowls. Now we have Aaron. And he loves toes. He was part of the riot at the Catholic. He's always talking about that food he makes. He slept in the garage after his brother's wedding date. He knows a bunch of stuff that no one else knows. He sticks his chicken in a big metal bowl. Sits with the son in the back of the car. He always brags when he has big bonars. Next up is Rob, and he's the main host. Comes up with all of the game shows. He's in charge, and here's his main thing. He won an award because his dick is too big. His body is perfect. He has six-pack abs. He is the coolest, and he has a ton of friends. When he dies, they'll build a he always brings up how Aaron loves toes. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what's the what's the what's the history of the show? Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what's the what's the what's the history of the show? When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. Always got bars. I record that one for my kids too. Look it up, If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. It's been a while since we've done quality Beck air and toes and beat bits. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I just realized, I think I edited out every time Aaron was bragging about his big boners. But <laughs> it's something that has happened on the show. Uh, listen, everybody, we've got three guys here who are so confident in themselves, they're bugging in. We've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Oh, after that uh, start at the show, just great, Rob. This is going to be a great show. Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing tonight? Listen to my rhyme because it's time to make the gravy. I hope my next first date doesn't show up pregnant with a baby. Oh! 
<laughs> here we go, yo. Here, here we, we go, go yo. yo. What's a date without a pregnant person? Yep. <laughs> uh, and then we've got Aaron, and Aaron's letting me know this album came out in 90, 1991. They should have called it the Lowinski Theory. Lowinski. Lowinski. But Aaron did say he didn't think Bill Clinton did anything wrong. Aaron in California, how are you doing, Aaron? I'm great. I'm very excited to talk about this album. My only quibble with Q-Tip is that I like, I like my liquor stronger than 80 Proof, but otherwise I think he's on point all the way through, so let's talk about it. All right, so let's get into today's episode, and I can't find where my mouse went. Oh, there it is. And we're going to start today with a voicemail. Yeah, the Beck All line. of our adoring. So stupid. <laughs> yeah, I could kiss my ass. Now, normally I would play this and again. say how our uh, listeners are a bunch of mouth breathers, but this week I got to say they're on point. <laughs> hey, guys. Aaron from Minnesota calling. Oh, she's always I the just nicest finished caller. listening to the Rolling Stones episode, and I wanted to comment on <laughs> Russell's list for this week, which was oh, songs oh, with awesome fiddle playing in them. And I feel like I love Russell's list. You had a huge miss on this one. You had oh, no. no songs by the chicks on your fiddle list. And I really feel like that's a miss. Marty. Okay, Aaron, we get it. We see the text messages. Yeah, we'll call them the Dixie chicks. Okay, relax a little bit. Jeez, Louise. Marty McGuire is an amazing fiddler. And I love some of their fiddle-heavy songs, like Sin Wagon is super fun. Great fiddling action. Agree, Sin Wagon. It's true. I mean, she's not Here we got Sin Wagon by the chicks. Yeah, this is a a jam. Cowboy, take me away. I didn't know if they had to change their name. I didn't know if they got canceled or what happened, so I didn't want to bring them up on the list and create a firestorm over the name or something like that. You really didn't know if they got, they did get canceled, but like reverse canceled. They got canceled in a way that nobody else has gotten canceled. They got Mm. like conservative canceled. It was wild. Mm. So yeah, Russ, turns out you're a real dumb shit. Uh, What do you have to say for yourself? (laughs) Oh no. Uh, I would, I would just say that Aaron's voicemail has to die. (laughs) 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 Goodbye, Aaron. Goodbye. I got to say my brain, my brain is so broken that the whole time she was talking about fiddling. I think oh, I've no. been on the podcast along with you guys because I thought the dirtiest Don't stuff. And I was like, motion, I was Rob, like, I bad. love, I love a list about we're fiddling, and you should see the Dixie Chicks do some fiddling. And I was like, what? What is wrong with my brain? Where I think that's dirty. It's like I know what she's talking about, but I just could not help it. That happened to me the other day where I was talking to Jenny in bed, and she goes, "You're not on the podcast right now." Like, oh no, reviews are in. <laughs> I was like, that's I'm a good bit though. I would also say Aaron has not obviously listened to our most recent episode, the Radiohead one, where we talked about how, hey, no one wants advice from other people anyway. So thanks for giving that, Aaron. You must not be uh, caught up and heard that we don't want your stupid advice anyways. <laughs> Some great fiddling action, though. That would be a great uh, nickname for this podcast, I think. Great uh, there's a better joke action. there. I'm pretty sure it's Aaron's message board name for some website. I'm not sure which <laughs> website it is. but <laughs> Charlie Daniels oh. message board. That's my name was great fiddling action. Charlie Daniels.net. Like he was too slow to get the dot com, so he had to get the dot net. Yeah. Maybe I can change my my bumble profile to be me holding a fiddle and it will just say like into great fiddling action. I bet I would get some swipes on that. <laughs> That'd be so good. And everybody'd be like, isn't that a violin? And you're like, I think it's different. Uh oh God, Rob, why? Why would you do that? Why would you pull the brakes on that so hard? This is such a good bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Rob, how do people get a hold of the Beck's line? The Beck line. Who cares? Who cares anymore? Because I'm just going to kill it. I'm going to kill momentum. <laughs> you can call or text the Beck's line 802-277-BECK. That's 802-277-BECK. And just to warn you, if you do text me, there is a chance that I, or that the line, I should say, there is a chance <laughs> that the Beck did it better will text you back. And Ooh, sometimes no. it's inappropriate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our next segment. And I need to find the sting for it. It's been a while, guys. We haven't recorded in like a week and a half. I'm feeling rusty. Aaron, I what do you, you think? guys? All right. Shut up. <laughs> I still got it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's time to see what everybody's yeah, up to. Soon, I miss you guys. It's time for Aaron, Shut up. <laughs> Soundtrack. The sound bit is playing. <laughs> oh, all right, rolling going. Matt, how is it rolling going with you? Uh good, good. It's going great. Um, only a couple things on my list this week here. <laughs> I was watching the PGA championship this afternoon. I had the whole day off, guys. <laughs> That's a classic dad move. Dad stuff, yeah, heavy not, dad not, vibes. Not Wait, even the masters, like it's the fourth, it's the evil the sons the redheaded the stepchild playing at that of the, exact of the, moment, of the, wasn't it? <laughs> You know what? I tried. I tried to watch NBA playoffs. The NBA is just horrible. Oh, it's no, absolutely horrible. I don't know how you can watch it. It's just two people <laughs> pick and roll, shoot from a three, pass, 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 shoot, pass, 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 shoot. There's nothing going on in NBA basketball yeah. anymore. It's not even defense. I, I can't watch. I hate it when I get to see the world's right greatest right? athletes play <laughs> at their best. Yeah, I'd much rather watch a bunch of college kids miss threes all day Swing long. The That's super fun. Yeah. All right, yeah. sorry, Matt, I interrupted. Go for so it. So I took, I had the day off because um, I don't know if we talked about this before. But my kids, Someday. they earned their second. Oh. Uh, they played video games all day. All right, yes. so literally they woke up at six thirty. They went down to the basement. We made them come up for like breakfast. Made them come for lunch. Made them. Made Leo bike around the block a couple times this afternoon <laughs> at dinner. They literally played video games the whole day and God. they earned it. It was Perfect. great. It's probably what not our best parenting move, but like it's essentially a day off for, for the parents as well. And it was great. Can so, I ask you a question? When you play video yep. games with your kids, I love to beat my kids. Is that true? <laughs> oh, God. Love to beat Man. my kids. I do want to know what, what's the game that, what are they into right now? What are they using playing oh, my video games? Uh, we're into some that, right? um, you Minecraft. I mean, mine, they, they, they really get Minecraft, but there's Jeez. there's just a bunch of Mario games, and there's a bunch. There's a couple other, uh, maybe more kid friendly ones, younger kid friendly ones that we went. You guys wouldn't know about, but uh, there's some Pokemon stuff that they're into. Uh, there, we've got so many games over. Did here Aaron ask this question? Of course, I'm Aaron, curious. You're really interested in this? Yeah, I need to know. My kid's only Jesus four. Christ. I got to know what's on the horizon for me. What do I oh, need to prepare yeah. myself for? What do I need to know? I think your kid's going to be playing with like, your kid's going to be playing with like a hoop and a stick. You're going to be like, in my day, we only had a hoop. You better like that stick. I could easily see Aaron's kid be like the ball in the cup kid. And Aaron's like, Ooh, almost got it there. Mm -hmm. So I had the day off. So I got, I washed a couple cars. I've got a classic car. We think we've talked about it. I've got my 1989 Isuzu pickup. It's classic. It's a classic. I got it. It's got it one wash for the day, but I was watching and Phil Mickelson won the PGA championship. Right back around. And wow. so everybody, everybody there, right? It's just cheering. But if you look mm -hmm. and you're watching, everybody's got their phone up while mm. he's winning the championship, right? Okay. Which is just, it. I don't know if I've just have been around, if I've had my cell phone for too long. What is your guys' 
uh, cell phone etiquette, like at a concert or like a big game or something like that? Do you have your phone out or do well, you just? Uh, can I can I drill down on this a little bit, Matt? Are yeah. you asking? Are you being critical of people not enjoying a- the moment and just focusing absolutely. on recording it? Or absolutely. are you talking about it, it interrupting other people's views? Where are you Every, going with this? All, all of the above. Like it is to me, it is the dumbest thing to try to say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm hundred yards away from Phil Mickelson. And like, I'm going to, who, who are you going to show that shot to? No. How many times are you going to watch that again? Zero. Like just enjoy the yeah. moment, right? But I, I think it's more important at this for people now to, to have some sort of picture saying I was there to post this on some sort of social media and get the accolades that come with that. Yeah. Right? But you could, you could take a picture like being yeah. there, right? Like mm-hmm. by the trophy, by the, you know, whatever, without saying like, Oh, uh, you know, I, I saw Phil Mickelson hit that shot, you know, kind of a thing. Like, mm. and all you seriously, people are staring at their phones. They're looking up like this. They're not watching everything. Like, why? I just don't get it. It happens, it happens at concerts. What is your guys, do you guys uh, partake in the videoing and then putting it on Insta? And so, so I have three answers to this, right? Number okay. one is, I'm the iPad dad guy at the school functions. I got the iPad up, not a phone. I got the full iPad up as well, high as it goes. Kid. I'm filming yeah. the kid front row so no, everybody else can just see my iPad view of it. Always my favorite dad at the school function things. Again, videos you're never going to watch again. Yeah, uh, Rob, Rob, Rob also has that iPad up in his bedroom when his best friend is deep dicking his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, was that inappropriate, Rob? <laughs> oh, I just had some sushi. <laughs> no, to the point where we have a sting ready to go for that very moment. Matt's position is something to strive for. So I've been both. I've uh, when the the tour of California went at Mount Diablo in 2013, I rode out there and I was holding my phone up when Peter Sagan went by, trying to get a video of Peter Sagan. But I, oh my as, god, I mean, who, has who the hell, who, who hasn't tried to get a bit video of Sagan? I loved him in Street Fighter too. He, he was my Peter favorite. Scott, he's on his way out now. It's it's a it's a sign of it's all of our mortality that he was unbeatable in 2013 and it's 2021. He's on his way out. He's he can't keep up with Watt Van Aert and Matthew Vanderpool. But I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm with you, Matt. It's a it's a thing That's to strive for to be to be in the moment, <laughs> to be there and not get out your phone and take the video and know that the video that you're taking mentally is is enough. It's it's something to to strive for. We all got to fight that impulse, right? We got to fight that impulse to experience the experience yeah. we're experiencing and actually get up in there. And so that that's it. my new, that's the new hill that I'm dying on is put your damn phone down. I like it. I went to Russia in college, but I took a bunch of photos of like churches and all these different things. And I got back and I was like, I don't really like these photos. And my mom said, one of the things I've kept with me for my rest of my life, she says, nobody wants to see a picture without people. In it. Right. <laughs> it's exactly. like, nobody wants. so I don't take pictures anymore that don't have exactly. me or the girls or, What's her name? Jenny. Yeah. Look at this sunset. You can't, you can't capture it in so, a picture. So I will You're just take a, I'll it. just take a selfie. If I see something cool, I'll take a selfie and be like, yeah. I was here. And then it's like, that, that is, is a more interesting picture. And not just cause it's me. I know that's the joke you guys are going to make. I was in central park and I saw somebody naked. So I took a selfie with me with the naked guy. That's a better <laughs> picture than just a naked guy. Right. Yep. The yep. just naked guy picture. You got to be like, yeah, why did I take this picture? But me with a naked guy in the background, Class. Like, see, I was there. You probably like, didn't well, need to do those things to him and put it on you porn, but it works for you, right, Rob? <laughs> Wait, what's you porn? I don't know what that website is. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, uh, Aaron's wife once ta- whatever her name is, taught Purple. me a lesson about being in pictures <laughs> once. We Aaron took me to this place called the Comstock Saloon in San Francisco, a very oh, cool yes. bar. And I was gonna take a picture of kind of the outside window or whatever, kind of the banner of it, and she kind of hollered at me and said, Hey. Get in there. Pictures with no people in them are stupid. There you go. So as much as we make fun of Aaron and whatever her name is, 
they are they do have some logic to the way they do things. Yeah, Aaron's wife at gmail.com could be my mom. Something to think about. <laughs> so that would mean Aaron's like my dad. I think I get it now. I get why I treat Aaron the way I do. That would also mean he's, edible he's your shit. kid's grandpa. He's he's my kid's grandpa. Yeah, I take that. Aaron is a grandpa. Aaron's a perfect grandpa. Hey, kids, did I ever tell you about Dave Brubeck's bass player? And they'd be like, Jesus, Grandpa, you're so boring. They'd be like, yes, he is. He is boring. This guy's boring as shit. (laughs) Yeah. So I got that. The last thing I got, I just tell a quick story. I had the pleasure of going out to New York last weekend. Mm. I went out there with Manny from South St. Paul. We had had a great time. We We surprised Rob for his birthday, his wife, Jenny. We've talked about a number of times on this show. Did a great thing, right? I mean... I don't know. Rob, did you have a good time? She ordered a boat. Yeah. So so my wife basically threw a surprise birthday for me where at some point I walked onto a boat thinking that we were going out to dinner with some friends and I turned to my left and all of a sudden uh, like 10 drag queens jump out and yell surprise at me. And I'm like, that's a surprise. And then I look and basically every friend I have in New York is on this boat and we get to hang out as I'm walking back saying hi to people. I'm saying all of a sudden I see this like, just vision, right? Just this guy, just jacked. And next to him was Matt. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? Matt and Manny are here. This is crazy. So I just like gave him a hug and then hung out with him. And then I said to him, what are you guys doing tomorrow? And they're like, hanging out with you, dummy. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So Jenny's been planning this thing for weeks, right? And I've been trying to keep it quiet on the podcast and all the stuff. And with, you know, Russ and Rosie knew about it. So, you Man, know, we've been Russ. trying to keep it all quiet. But so Jenny, you know, it's, She's been great. She's like, well, do you think people want to come out? Manny, like, yeah, Manny, you're coming out. You know, we're going to come out. So, okay, well, great. So here, I'll give you all the details. I'm like, okay, yeah, what time should we show up? You guys need to be there at six o'clock. You need to bring tape. Matt, you're in charge of putting out this. And so we got we got a list of everything. We, so all of a sudden we got out there and we were put right to work. It was great. It was great. <laughs> so then we're so we're on the boat. All right. And so we knew that there's going to be the drag queens are going to be on there. It was going to be part of the show. The back of the boat has a bunch of lights, right? We don't know. And there's no tables back there. So we're thinking, oh, this must be where the, the show is going to be and all this stuff. And we're like, all right, this is great. So then we look at what, where did Jenny assign us? Table five. So it's me and Manny. We're back at the table five. Like, this is great. Jenny set seating? us up right, right in front of, of you know, she must realize this is great. She must really like us. She set us up right where the, the show is going to be. We're going to yeah. be front row of the show and everything right like that. Well, when it's time to sit down, everybody's sitting down. It's me and Manny. We're then Rob's kids. And then somebody else <laughs> from sucks. Rob's no one person. And then all of a sudden the, the show is about to start and realize that, no, they're not doing the show in the back there. We are in the far back table. Oh. We're way in the back. And the show's up front. So... I did have to put, we did put Matt and Manny back at the kids' table, okay, to teach him a little <laughs> lesson about uh, something or other. I don't know what, it was, what the lesson was. I can't think of anything on my feet fast enough, but it was so very we, funny. So to Manny have and I flew there. out there to be uh, to be the help and then sit in the back of the, you know, have the worst seat in the house. So and, that was good. That and was it, good. Was, it was so great to see you guys, but this does lead me to the first. Uh oh. Someone was, was a bad little boy. It's time for Big Papa Rob to give you the discipline Big you Papa crave. Rob. It's time for the official. <laughs> All right. So I've got one here for Russell and I've got one here for Aaron. Okay. So you pieces of shit did not come out to my surprise party. Therefore you get the spankies of the week. 
Okay, Fair. Aaron, it's not your wedding. I You got invited, okay? I didn't even get invited to your wedding. All right, which we're not going to talk about now. That's a rolling going I'm going to say for another time. So tell me, why didn't you pieces of shit come out to my birthday party? I've got a, I got three reasons. You got to let me tell all three before you interrupt me again, though, Rob, like, like you did earlier. I'm going to try so hard. Number one, I was traveling for work the next week, and I didn't want to go do too much traveling like within a few days. Second, I did get a text from Matt, which was a forwarded text from Jenny, which made it very clear that we were going to be the help at this event and had to, <laughs> to help set things up. And I was like, I'm not going to New York City to help set up a, a party for Rob's like 41st birthday mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So those were the two reasons. The third, I, I I can't handle more than like an hour and a half view a week. I'll tell you what, we did have some statues that needed moving around. It was very disappointing to not have Russell there. We would have loved. And we had a seat all picked out for you right next to the boat, Captain. It would have been perfect. You would have been right up front. You'd have been honking that horn. It would have been great. Listen, when you have a surprise party, actually, I took almost no pictures whatsoever, and we kind of regretted it afterwards. Jenny was going to hire a photographer, then she didn't. So guess what? She fucked up on that one, too. So, so the real question is, Rob, before you get to Aaron, why he didn't show up is, yeah. was it a shit. real surprise for you, or did you act surprised? 100%. <laughs> no, it was 100% a true surprise. And I love, listen, I love surprise parties. I think they're just the best. And Jenny threw me one, like, I don't know what, 10 years ago? And it was just like four people coming over. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. So to have this with like, you know, 40 people on board or whatever, and then to see friends from Minnesota and then to have a drag show while we're going around the Statue of Liberty, like it was absolutely fantastic. Aaron, Jenny did say to, turn to me though at during the thing and she said, why didn't that piece of shit Aaron come out here? And I said, I don't know why. So Aaron, why didn't you come out, Aaron? He's a real fucking loser. I don't have a great, <laughs> ah, I've been searching for a good joke about this for the last 30 seconds. I mean, New York's really far from California, Rob. It's such a long flight and I wasn't prepared to take such a long journey at it's this true. point in our, in our nation's history. Well, I would like to think that I would come out to visit you, but you have never invited me out. So I don't what? know. Have you guys ever had a, th- have you guys ever had a time where you thought you were maybe going to have a surprise party thrown for you and then it didn't happen and you were disappointed? Like maybe Aaron, your no. 30th birthday or Matt, when no. you were, it was your 40th birthday, did you guys ever think, Oh, I better dress up a little more. Maybe this is going to be a surprise oh my birthday. God, and that was a big a, letdown. Oh, that, sounds that's such a Russell, sad that thought. happened to you? That sounds terrible. <laughs> no, oh, Russell. I'm just curious. It's okay, Russell. You can say it. We feel so <laughs> I'm terrible just for curious. you. Russell, why are you wearing a tuxedo? I just thought I would let Matt carry the Beck did a better torch, and I, 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 I wasn't able to make it, but I was. I definitely had FOMO while I was looking at the uh, photos and the videos. Yeah. Rob. Oh, oh. Guess what? Forgiveness, not given. Uh, is that what you say? <laughs> Forgiveness, not given? I do have to say a couple things about the party. First of all, it makes me realize how little I notice, like to a point where I'm worried about my brain. Okay. It, my brain could be like just going away rapidly because for example, Jenny baked three cookies for each person. So she baked 150 cookies, wrapped them individually. I did not notice. I never noticed. I never asked any questions. She was baking cookies and wrapping them individually. And never once did I say, why are you doing this? I was just like, Oh, Okay. Like the girls that night, nobody fed them on that Friday. And like, they never called me for dinner. And I was just like, okay, like nothing, nothing set off any alarm bells. They were like, oh, we're having dinner over here. Actually, it's on a boat. And I go, okay. So I just walk over. Like, I'm like, literally, I could just be conditioned to like commit crimes. It's like the deer hunter. It's, it'd be terrible. And then the other thing is, this is when I have to give out my second Uh-oh. spanking of the week. Someone was a because Jenny. Boy. It's time for Big Papa Rob to give you the throwing this party for me. It's time for the official 
has really fucked me. (laughs) How dare she do this? Because you know what I thought of the minute I realized she had set this up? That for her birthday this year, instead of a surprise party on a boat with friends from out of town and full catering and open bar and all that, I forgot to get the candles because I was editing this dumb podcast. (laughs) And then we threw a birthday party for the dog. So I don't, I cannot throw together a surprise party. It it would just be the same people. Like it would be all of my friends on the boat again. I don't, I wouldn't even know who to like, what would I call her work? Who is Jenny friends with at work? Like, how does that work? Do you think she threw the surprise party for you to like really have a a head up on you? Or did she do it because she loves you or because she wanted to? To feel like she won the battle. You know what? I bet you're right. She's trying to she's trying to show me that she's better than me. How dare she do that? <laughs> you know what? Couldn't be that she loves you and wants you to have a wonderful birthday. <laughs> oh, Aaron, I don't like playing those slap sounds for my wife. Oh, why would you make me do I that? Think, That's I, so terrible. I thought the other reason you were going to spank us is for Matt's birthday, you guys put together like this amazing or someone mm-hmm. put together this amazing. Um, all his friends called in, wished him happy birthday and everything. His mom told us the story about the umbilical cord and yeah. wow, everything yeah, else. Intense. and. For Rob's birthday, I noticed that our last week's episode, Rob mentioned his birthday and not one of us said a damn thing about it. We we didn't even <laughs> say happy birthday or anything. Because we were it's trying true. to keep the gig up. We didn't want to we didn't want to mess up the, the surprise. That was my birthday gift to you, Rob. I didn't and it's forty one. Like, right? Like when, when do you when does it kind of just become a date? It is it is true. Everybody in the boat thought it was my fortieth because I had missed kind of last year's birthday. So Jenny was just saying it's my fortieth. I told a friend when we were going out after, I said, This is my forty first. He goes, what the fuck? I wouldn't go out for somebody's yeah, 41st exactly. birthday. I'm to New York for someone's 41st birthday. Well, but we had a great time. Matt and I, we went to a comedy club with Manny. We went to a jazz club. We ate delicious food. And Matt got to see what Jenny means when she says, oh, yeah, it's just a little bit of a walk from here. When we went from 4th Avenue up to a place on 54th, uh, just in one shot. No, there's a subway we right walked. under us the whole time. We walked. we walked the whole way. It was a long hey, non New Yorkers don't know what the hell that means, Rob. Put it in miles or something for us. It's 50 blocks. I five miles. Yeah, yeah that's the reason for why I didn't go. I've had enough sweaty <laughs> first dates over the last year. I don't need another one. Yeah. Uh, rolling going. <laughs> Russell, how's it going with you? It's going really well. As you guys know, I traveled to Mexico for a work thing recently this last week. I just got home tonight, but. As you guys know, when I travel, I got to share some some of my impressions that come from being on airplanes and at the airport. So can I get your guys' feedback on what you think of these type of situations at the airport? Now it's time for plain old Russell. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So first, I'm sitting down on my flight back today. Of course, the guy who sits next to me comes in with a box and it's clearly hot food. He had pizza on the plane. The guy yes. brought a pizza no. on the plane. No. I was That's like, perfect. you got to be shitting me. He had multiple slices. You bring, if you bring a whole, yeah, if you bring a whole pizza into any public situation, you need to offer to share. <laughs> Aaron's eating plain pizza. What, what, does, where, what seat did he have, Russell? Was he but, like? Well, at first, so he sat down and he was, I was on the window. He was on the aisle. So I was like, well, at least he's not next to me. And then a lady came and said, you're in my seat. And he had to scoot That's over the to the middle seat. Yeah. Oh, yep. middle seat pizza guy. So then he's, Definitely he's got to share a pizza, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the real thing, the real thing that jumped out to me, I, this is the first time I've ever had this. Are you guys exit row guys? Do you ever want to sit in the exit row? Do you like sitting in the exit row? What's your thought on the exit row? Absolutely. I would love to have, yeah, be a hero. I would love to be the sully of the flight, be a hero, <laughs> open the door. So uh, the, the reason I bring it up is there was a guy sitting in front. There were two mm. exit rows. I was sitting in one. The guy in front of me was probably like a 16, 17-year-old kid. 
And they came around when you see the exit row, they kind of go through, they make sure you're looking at them and they, mm-hmm. you have to say, yes, I'm willing to do these duties. Yep. This kid was clearly not prepared for any of this. And so he stopped looking at her. He kept not listening to her and she was yelling at him. You need to look at me when I'm talking to you. And he just kept ignoring her, kept pulling his mask down and everything. And he was joking around with his buddy and she starts telling him and he looks and he goes to grab the handle. Like yes. while we're on the plane, a classic gag. <laughs> Whoa! And she's she starts hollering at him, and she goes, "How are you? At least sixteen years old? Because I think you might have to be sixteen to be in an exit row." And he said, "Yes, yes." But the whole flight, I was like, "I can't believe I'm gonna die. I'm gonna go a big bopper <laughs> style because this fucking kid in the exit row isn't prepared for this duty." Oof! He, you're like, dude, open the exit door. We gotta get out of here. And he's like, "Don't be so chuggy." And you're like, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, you're dead. <laughs> youth culture. I got killed by youth culture. I was kind of wondering, Rob, who do you think was in the exit row on the big bopper? You think he was the one manning the exit row? Oh, yeah, seat, absolutely. Seat or not? Yeah, he was what's like, the, hey, baby. What's the scoop what if I pull this handle, baby? Hey, Aaron, shut up over my big bopper impression. <laughs> hey, baby, check out this big handle I'm going to pull for you. I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to say, Russ, when when she was yelling at this kid, did, did yeah. she notice that you got rock hard from her yelling at this kid over and over and over? That that's what your fetish is? You loved it? Yeah, I shouldn't have asked her to pull out the handle. That was a mistake. <laughs> Sir, your tray table is going up on its own. Okay, and that's a good joke. You got to admit, that's a good one. And then I had one last thing for you guys with the airport. Have you ever been to, like, let's say a work conference or you're at an event with friends no. of friends or something where, let's say you share a cab ride back to the airport with someone you don't really know, or you you get to the airport with someone you know, it's an acquaintance, but not a friend, not someone you're traveling with. What mm-hmm. is the etiquette when it comes to, hey, they're not through security yet, I am, but we came here together, do we have to keep hanging out together at some point or have like an official goodbye, or can you just walk away from the person at some point? What is the etiquette there, Matt? I, I've got clear, I've got TSA, I've got, I've, I've paid for as many things as I humanly can pay for to get from point A to point B as fast as possible. And so like Manny and I, we flew on the same flight home from New York last week. And I'm like, well, see you in there, you know, cause I am not waiting in that line. If I can just literally walk through like, because I paid for it, you know, mm-hmm. by privilege allows me to, to walk through that. So, <laughs> so no. saving money. Yeah. And you know, and like what Manny, Manny was 10 minutes behind me. Right. So it wasn't like a big deal, but I'm not going to stay in that line. So no, you just say, I'm going to, well, I'm, I'm TSA. I'm going, you know, like I'll, I'll I'm over here. So no, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think you try to get away from that awkward situation as fast as possible. And just, cause like you want to go do your own thing, right? Like maybe you want to grab a coffee or you want to, you know, you're going to sit sandwich. down and read a book or listen to a book or something like that. Like, you don't want to be, you've just been talking to these people for the last three, four days. The last thing you want to do is keep talking to more people again when you're off the clock now. So yeah, again, and this is the one guy who came to visit me. So I want to eat the pizza at the airport without being judged by someone who's a healthy eater right. ordering airport pizza, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I think too, Russell, if you were at security and they opened up your suitcase and they saw that you had like 20 different nipple clamps, they'd be like, hey, what? Why do you need 20? Well, we're. Two, two, you need two, enough, right? four yeah. at most. You've I'm got where you were, you were presenting, right? And like, so this is like a work conference. Yes, and like, yes. Don't you, I, if, if, if it's me, I cannot wait to just be off the clock from all that work stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I've just done, you know, I'm done. I'm, I'm, this is Matt time now. I don't have, I got a t-shirt on, I got jeans, I got my, my kicks. I, I don't have to dress up anymore. I don't want to talk any more work stuff. So this so. is kind of how it came up as I split a car with four or five people, like a big van with four or five people that were at the conference. So I know 
Mm-hmm. I know them professionally. I wouldn't call them friends or anything. But then once we got there, a few of us kind of kept going through the same airline and it kept, you didn't know when it's time to say, Hey, I'm just going to go sit by myself. It's a goodbye without feeling like an asshole. Irish goodbye. Irish goodbye. Yeah. Irish goodbye. Take off. Hey, what's that? <laughs> yeah. Just be like, guys, I got to take the biggest dump ever. <laughs> I mean, Mexico, am I right? And then they'll just, am I right or am I right? There. You're going to be fine. Or am I right? <laughs> They come out and they're like, are you wearing nipple clamps? Then you got to go find that family bathroom and hope no one yells at you for it, right, Rob? No, absolutely not. Yeah, that's another, you're you're a war criminal if you're using that family bathroom. Do you know how many people I had to wait? For? Oh, my God, Russell. I've had to change diapers and I've had to wait for the family bathroom. And then some woman comes skulking out and I'm like, oh, you get out of here. Like, you just spread down the whole bathroom. And she's got 20 nipple okay. clamps all over her body. Yeah. So, Aaron, rolling going, how's it going with you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I uh, believe it or not, I also traveled this week. And uh, by the way, how tight do you think nipple clamps are? Do you think nipple clamps are like if you just pinch tightly, or are they like like what size binder clips would they be? Are they the like person, binder clip right? tight? I mean, that's too tight, right? Can't you, can you turn like a dial and make them tighter or looser? Or not? Ooh, that's a good idea, Russell. Don't. I'm going to edit that out. That's our. That's our money making. We're going to get do Beck did it better branded nipple clamps where you can adjust it. Yeah, I think they should adjust be the tension. Here. They should be personalized. Yeah. I also traveled this week and We're I'm going to call them uh, Russell's nipple clamps. Pleased to announce that I am now a fanny pack traveler. The fanny pack oh is my really God. an ideal. Nice. This does not shock me at all. It's an ideal yes. travel uh, bag. I really enjoyed it. I had a, I had a uh, suitcase that was a roll behind suitcase and then also had the fanny pack. To keep my um, other essentials in, I could put a sandwich in there, some hand sand, um, my phones. Mm, so not, I would that. not mix those. I would not so mix Aaron, those. You're, you're purposely. <laughs> this is like you're going for like a vibe or a look. You're not doing this for utility. You're you're trying to be a little bit of a hipster. You're trying to be a little hipster, right? I don't think so. I, so I have a fanny yes. pack that I got for free, and I like to do the over the shoulder style because then you can kind of swing it around when you need it, and it's got all the a stuff you purse. need for traveling. Yeah, so a backpack. I mean, that's the back, but yeah, that's yeah a, but that's a, backpack a small backpack is too heavy, right? Yeah, it's like a tiny backpack. So I really yeah, so enjoyed. Why, so I, well, let me let me ask why why not a backpack? Why not a backpack? Just because, because you I have, have a, the fanny pack? Because I have a backpack. I have two backpacks, but they were bigger than okay. what I needed for this particular trip. So the fanny pack was okay. the perfect size for what I needed. The I like backpack it. was too like big, it. and yep. the fanny pack was the right size. Other trips, I do a backpack. Okay. You were going somewhere where you just need like a pair of socks and some hand sanitizer. Pretty much, but I had a rolling suitcase behind me as well. So oh, that's that. Yeah, there's rolling suitcase. So then the I fanny like pack was just the essentials. Like yeah. So yeah. then the other what? thing. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. I was going to shut say up, Rob. That, I was going to tell you about the next thing I wanted to oh, say. Yes, oh, which is that these nuts. I'm really proud of myself <laughs> because I shimmied up a tree yesterday in my yard. Oh God, bear style, like bear hugged the thing and shimmied <laughs> up the tree. Super proud of myself. However, I you have. have like Matt, I have joined the seven-inch inseam revolution, and I'm gonna—I'm here to tell you, a seven-inch inseam short is not the proper attire for shimmying up a tree. <laughs> I do not feel good today. I oh. wish I had worn some pants or some maybe nine to twelve-inch inseam shorts mm-hmm. that did yep. not work out yep. for me. Inside of the knees, you got to get protection, right? Yeah, for shimmying. It's not yep. feeling good right yep. now. It's, it's a bad. It's not a good situation down there. Okay, why? Why were we shimmying? Rosie, I was I was gonna hang a rope swing for my son, so I, I had to shimmy okay. up to get the strap over the uh, furthest out branch to hang up the rope swing, and it works. I, it, uh, yes, it, a it was strap. successful. 
So I did it. It's the main AKA, part of a rope swing, the strap. AKA the sex swing hanging from the rafters. You hang the yeah, swing exactly. From. Yeah, he's like, I got a swing and a strap. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's for my uh, kid. Yeah, that's did it. you have your screwdrivers and everything, or your your tools and your fanny pack when you were going up this? No, thing I should not? have because I got up there and I realized I had nothing with me. My wife was like, "You should have taken the See? strap up with you before you went up." And then she had to try to hand <laughs> it to me. Oh, no, I was definitely the freaking out. I was definitely freaking out. <laughs> So you, you would say that you didn't have a strap on. I didn't have a strap on. Yeah. He's like, all I have is this fanny pack full of nipple clamps. Adjustable Russell style nipple clamps. <laughs> Adjustable Russell. <laughs> These don't help at all. You like the tension? So, Aaron, is it like anything else with parenting where you did all this work and you put the swing up and the kid was on it for about 30 seconds and goes, hmm, and then goes back inside and plays with his ball and cup or whatever. No, it was worse than that. Days. He was like, this is what I was expecting. And I was, this isn't as high as I thought. No, he had a full on meltdown because it wasn't what he expected. And he was a perfect oh, angel no. while he was waiting. So patient. And then once it was up there, it wasn't what he expected. Yeah, you get it. You love to beat my kids. Oh, yeah, no. I hear you, man. I, I get it, too. I think it's a good idea. Uh, how's it rolling? How's I think it rolling that's a good one. Rob? I'm, I'm curious about how it's rolling going with Rob. Again, we have to bring up again that Aaron shimmied up a tree <laughs> with and then and then got up there and goes, wait a minute. <laughs> I forgot that when is I so came funny up to me. Yeah. Uh, and this is a percent of people that think they can beat a certain animal in a fight mm. unarmed. Okay. So we're going to go away from the easy ones. It's only, first of all, though, 7% of men do think they can beat a grizzly bear in a fight unarmed. What? This just goes to show, like, why there's so many problems in the world is that that's almost one out of 10 men. Are like, <laughs> yeah, I could take a fucking bear. It's like, really? You think you Natural could take a bear? Selection. A bear, a grizzly bear, a grizzly bear. They weigh like 900 yeah. pounds. Well, how would you even start to fight a grizzly bear? It doesn't make any sense. No, it makes no sense. <laughs> so then we have gorilla, 8%. Uh, that's no, you couldn't beat it. No, no way. Now. Okay. Now this is where it starts to get interesting. A crocodile. I have to say, I do feel like I could beat a crocodile in a fight. Okay. If I, if I could get sneak up on the crocodile, I feel like, cause yeah, like it's eyes, right? Like I could just jab its eyes out. Their jaws don't the jaws snap. snap. You guys have seen people open, wrestle yeah. crocodiles. I saw a guy wrestle a croc yes. in the black Hills. Once you close those jaws, that's all it takes. Their jaws aren't so strong opening as they are closing. Like if I if I came at it now if he snuck up on me, Toast. not gonna lie, in big trouble. Though. If he gets a hold of my arm, I'd be in trouble. But again, I feel like the eyes. I mean, even putting my finger next to my eyes makes me nervous. Okay, so kangaroo seventeen percent. No, wow. there's a they're bad as fuck. There's a great there, there's a great video of a guy punching a kangaroo. Kangaroo oh, steals this guy's dog. Rob, you got to yes, put this. I've seen that. I have seen. And the that guy one. comes up. <laughs> he starts squaring up with him. And he gets his up and he punches the kangaroo, and the kangaroo lets the dog go. So I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe, but it could kick you. Was oh, he yeah, listening to Slobberbone yeah. when he got that dog back or not? <laughs> <laughs> that was the inspiration for it. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump ahead. Twenty-three percent king cobra. Because chimpanzees, the other one, we can't beat a chimpanzee. Yeah. They're scary as hell. Yeah, I think I think I could beat a king cobra. So this is in a that fight. I would Just pay money to see Russell no, fight a king cobra. But you, that means you got no weapons. Choke it out before it bites you. I don't know, man. Quick reflexes. Yeah, I feel like it could bite me. There's nothing that says that. Like I don't have like anti venom there. I feel like if, if it bit me, guess what? That cobra, he's in for a rough time because he's gonna get a punch to the arm. Ooh, ooh, like that. How? That hurt. Okay, so maybe I'm rethinking that. That was not good. 31% of guys feel like they could beat a large dog in a fight. I, That's insane. No, right? no, a large dog? dog? What's a, a large no dog? Way. A lab? 
Uh, I'm going to say a pit bull. I'm going to say right now a pit bull. And we're not talking about Mr. Worldwide. Because he'd never fight me. <laughs> it's like I'm he's angry, dog. Ball. I'm not taking it back. There, there's no animals. At this point on the list, no way. Not doing it. Okay, 71% of men think they can beat a goose. I don't know, I man. Know. I, I am scared as shit of geese. When I like, <laughs> If I go for a walk and there are a bunch of them standing there and they kind of start hissing at you, I start walking the other way. I would rather, I think, take on the large dog or the king cobra than the geese. Absolutely those, not. Those things scared the shit out of me. Do geese even have teeth? No. Like, what's yeah, the no. worst a goose could do to you? They just, just give you a little squeeze. That's it. You know, just uh, punch them in the mouth. There's some ego in 71% of males in this country if they think they can beat the geese. I, I would be out of there. Okay, here's the one I want to say, because this is actually something I brought up last summer, so I feel like I should be credited on this. An eagle. Only 38% of men think they could beat an eagle in a fight. I know for a fact I could beat an eagle in a fight. If I knew that I was fighting the eagle and the eagle didn't surprise me, look at how long my arms are. Look at how long these are. What's an eagle going to do? It's going to bite my arm. Yeah, you might get severely wounded on one of your limbs, yeah. but you're going to survive and you're going to be able to get that thing. Yeah. Are you yeah, sure? sure? They're super fast, man. And they're huge. What? I saw a video the other day of an eagle carrying away a fox. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? Okay, this foxy guy is going to beat the shit out of that eagle. No problem. I would grab it. I Russell? would destroy it in a fight. I would, I would, first of all, it would hurt me because it's like I'm fighting America. Right. Okay. So that would be a bummer that I would have You'd to be fighting America freedom so right there. But afterwards, I would pluck him. I would gut him mm. and I would put him into an oven and I would eat my foe. Mm. Okay. That's one of the few animals on here that you could do this with. Tastes like okay? freedom. And maybe a gorilla. I've always wanted to eat a gorilla too, but that's about it. <laughs> What? <laughs> you shouldn't eat Delicious bear because you can get trichinosis from bear. NFL sound? NFL sound, Rob? <laughs> NFL sound, Rob? No. Oh, trichinosis from bear? What the hell? Someone take, take the soundboard away. If that's not the oh, NFL yeah. sound, what, is, what could ever earn it? it? Just Well, I was talking about fighting the Eagles. I mean, that makes no, Here comes Rob coming down. <laughs> He's going against the fiercest opponent, the Eagles. Now, wait a minute. What if it's Michael Vick? Then it's the Eagle and some dogs. I came here to, is this a music podcast? Oh, my God. Is this really what you want to do? All right. Let's get into the album. <laughs> hey, where did I put my chrome? Talk about the Eagle. Yeah, we're only 53 <laughs> minutes into this podcast. All right. So we are talking today about the low end theory, or as Aaron said earlier, the Lewinsky theory, because it was in 1991. Oh, now I get it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so a couple, so this is an album that came out in 1991. It was produced and pretty was much- George Bush, the, the, prince, well, the president, 1991? Yes. I, listen, George don't H. bother w. me. Isn't this like facts. 96, 97, all the Lewinsky stuff yeah, went down? Yeah, you're about five years, but that's all yeah. right. Oh, darn it. Is that really? Was I really 16 when a bunch of jokes about blowjobs were going on? I feel like that might have influenced me somehow. <laughs> and this was really, I mean, this is really produced by mainly, I think the main force behind this album is Q-Tip, right? Right. Like this, that's yeah. kind of what's going on with this. Produced uh, and kind of had the idea of like, basically there's two songs on this album that weren't produced by Q-Tip. And it's the two that doesn't have just this absolutely mind-blowing thumping bass in it he wanted to just have bass in your face all day long and when the album came out i think it was it was successful but looking back people have now kind of deemed it as like a real uh harbinger of alternative hip-hop and it's like a true mixing of jazz and hip-hop and you can you, you're going to hear it in all these songs and probably most importantly this launched the career of an at the time 19 years old 
Busta Rhymes, mm. who eventually went on uh, to a career that his absolute highlight was playing a concert at St. Olaf. At St. Olaf College. Where he, where he played for Held us. out the mic for St. Olaf to sing the chorus to one of his hit songs, and it was met with absolute silence <laughs> because nobody at St. Olaf Listen to Buster to, Rhymes. To be fair, you guys are you're burying the lead on Buster Rhymes at St. Olaf. Like that that is not what everyone remembers him coming to the our school for. Everyone remembers that his rider that of what he required in like his green room or whatever required like a hundred condoms. That was on the rider. That was <laughs> that was the thing that was famous for Buster Rhymes coming to our school. I think you're you're and burying the lead on Q-tip clamp, too. Like one. this this album shaped the sound of so many albums after it and Q-Tip eventually actually had influence on Dilla who influenced so many things, Voodoo, which we've already heard. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into the album. When somebody, one of Russ's ex-girlfriends tries to break in is an excursion. Is that good? Like that's good. I feel like that's good. Right away, they're going straight for soul jazz, but they're going to a classic jazz artist, Art Blakey. This is Chant for Boo from Art Blakey. And so many of these samples, they're just playing the sample. Like they're they're really playing long stretches of these songs. And so if you if you know the songs, you can really recognize them. If you don't, you might go try to find them. This song perfectly sums up the album though, right? Yeah. Jazz to start off. He's talking about how my dad used to say it's just like bebop or hip hop, and then it's just bass, bass, bass. Yes, and they hit you with these drums. And we could—we're not going to do a sample-based podcast because people have done that and done that better than us. But anytime you you go to Who Sampled, and this is the one, this is the first album that caused me to purchase the Who Sampled app because I had to have it. I had to know what was going on on all these albums. And these guys were seriously digging in the crates. Some of this stuff is well known and some of it is so deep cuts that these guys were spending a lot of time. And I don't know if, I mean, it was probably Q-tip. Um, I don't know exactly what Ali Shaheed Muhammad's role was, but these guys were really searching for these samples. Are you saying in the last week you bought the who sampled app? Yeah. For this album, it's only five bucks, but I was like, I had to know or four bucks. Maybe. Oh, Matt's furious. Did you see Matt's face? And you said you paid for an app. He's so mad. Sucker. I had to do it. It's way better. No, it's way better. On the if you look at it on the web, you got all these ads, man. You should pay four dollars, and it's right there. I'm gonna get that too. I'm gonna go on Seamless here, and I'm gonna write in App Sampler, <laughs> and I'm gonna push purchase. Oh yeah, they're very good. It's just what I wanted. Mozzarella sticks. Did you guys? Were you guys ever? Did you ever want big subwoofers in your car? Yes, yeah, I, I wanted I that so bad yeah, growing sure. up. Did any of you have it? No. Uh, no, I tried to get some speakers in my little truck one time. Didn't quite. I mean, it worked for a while. You, I mean, there, there's a lot yeah. that goes into that. I had a couple of buddies that had some, uh, I don't know, looking back at them now, they weren't great systems, but at the time, I mean, it was better than anything yeah. you had. And so there was nothing better than just mind shaking bass and you couldn't understand anything else. And you're literally just rocking your head. And so, no, mm-hmm. it's, it's a thing. I don't know. You know, I don't know if I could do it now, but it, it's a cool, it was cool. Matt doing it now would be so great. <laughs> Eddie, Leo, get in the car. It's 750. I would Jesus, love we gotta get to, to have it. It'd be one of those. <laughs> oh, those guys where so when, you, when you close the doors in the car, the air pressure changes because the, the yes. subs are. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Yep. But I never did. I didn't ever have amazing speakers in my car, but my first car did have a car phone like in the de- like in this in between the two seats. <laughs> oh, I had an old car phone. Red. 
That's pretty rad. It had a car phone, a like car Gordon phone. Gecko style. It, it, my mom never <laughs> activated those, so I could never use it. But yeah, there was a car phone, Gordon Gecko style in the car. I always wanted huge speakers in my car until I met other guys that had huge speakers in their car. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be like you at all. This is a disaster. But my friend did have a friend who had like a competition base car. Like he would bring it to competitions. No license plate, no nothing that would rattle. It was totally like together. And, and you would get in this car and he would play like burst, burst, bubble, bubble, burst, burst. And you would like feel the breath go out of your body. It would, you would be breathing based on the bass on the car. It was unbelievable. In fact, it made me want to start bugging out. Love it. I think it's interesting that the first track is basically, it's a Q-tip solo track, right? There's no Fife on it. And then Fife yeah. comes in on this one. And there's another track that's maybe all Fife. But I think they have such a good interplay together that the tracks with them, the two of them together, I really But this was kind of Fife's just... coming out party, though, too, right? Like, right. he wasn't, he was kind of just hanging around in the early, late I don't, I don't, 80s. I don't know so. the history, man. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. I don't know too much about it. I just know that this is kind of where Fife Dog kind of came out and said, um, you know, Q-Tip was pushing him to be more out front. I think Q-Tip got sick of kind of, I think he wanted to have more of a collaborative group kind of a thing. Like he saw, God, there's a couple other groups. Uh, Big Daddy Kane was with some groups. Um, Busta Rhymes. De La Soul. Yeah, De La Soul and all that. You know, I think the... Oh, Busta Rhymes was with um, leaders of the new school, yeah. Yep. You know, all of those groups had kind of a vibe to them. And, you know, as they weren't solo artists, they all became solo, solo artists later. But I think at the time it was much more i don't know if uh it was much more advantageous to kind of have the the crew if you will particularly at live concerts and stuff like that because you couldn't just be up on your own the whole time and so mm-hmm. you know i think he, q-tip was trying to find his buddies to come be part of it so i don't know you guys, you guys mentioned de la soul they're they get shouted out a few times on this album you know who else gets shouted out on this song bugging out arsenio not to spoiler alert, but he's going to come up at least two more times <laughs> yeah. on this album. Yep. <laughs> this is it's such a 90s album. Is it's it not? of a time for sure, right? Yeah. yeah yes. like, Arsenio comes up a lot. Is Arsenio Hall the most 90s thing you can think of? Yes. Like it's such a spot in time of like anything big. I remember Bill Clinton on the sax, right? Like Magic Johnson talking about HIV, like yeah, all wow, that stuff right. happened on Arsenio Hall. It was like it was such a finger touchstone. on the pulse. Yeah, Ooh, it's a touchstone. Crazy. I like that word, Rob. Nice. Yeah, and then I ended up with saying it's crazy, which is what a dumb guy says to end a sentence. It's so I'm oh so no, dumb. Can you can you explain that. to me? Can you explain to me who what is Fife Dog still big? Am I just too dumb? He's like, dead. what's going on now with Fife Dog? Oh, Why is Q-tip away. such a big yeah, deal? And, away, yeah. Oh no, yeah. What happened? To, when did he pass away? Not that long 2016? ago. 2016? No, I think, yeah, yeah, honestly, I think he might have had kidney disease or something. So then in one yeah, of these where he's like, a, yeah, when he's like, Jeez, I drink so Aaron, much we got to have to do me. this again. Aaron's no, I'm serious, man. When he, like, listen, when he down. says, I drink so much soda, they call Curtis me Dr. Blow Pepper. Alert. I was like, yeah. that shit is sad, man. Like, he obviously, like, yeah. it's all tied up in the history of health problems for African-American people and the, the things that we've done wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not going down that road, but. Oh uh, yeah, Rob. Thanks for well, bringing that's that. Well, that's part of where this title for this album. Well, yeah, this shows how much research I've done. <laughs> you guys were like, you talk too much. And then I did my three sentences. You're like, you dumb shit. You didn't touch on anything. <laughs> what do you guys want from me? I am dumb. I keep saying that to you. I don't know how many more times I can say that to you. I am a dumb guy who looks smart. Go to the next song. 
And I just did a smart pose, by the way. <laughs> Rap promoter. I want chicken and orange juice. That's chicken and orange juice. This is on my rider. You know, potato yep. by a rider. Don't forget my pastry. Make sure they're tasty. I'm not the type to be. Ooh, don't forget my pastry. Make sure they're tasty. This, I mean, there's just lyric upon lyric throughout this whole album. It's great. And you can hear them. You can understand them. And I think it kind of yes. goes to this. You know, what do we call it? Alternative rap. But I think it, mm-hmm. there was this big push, and I think this was so popular because it wasn't gangster rap, right? Like everybody knew Easy E, everybody knew NWA. I mean, there wasn't. There was a lot of quote unquote gangster rap, or kind of even just um, inner city rap, as opposed to this was very conscious. Very, you know, it talked about more things than just uh, you know living hard life kind of a thing. And so I think that's what made it a little more popular because it kind of spread out uh, into the, that wasn't just inner city New York. It was in the boroughs. I was outside in the suburbs a little bit more. Does that sound? Which, which did you guys listen to more as a kid? Did you listen to a Tribe Called Quest as a kid or not? I, did I not. didn't. Nope. No, I didn't either. No. Scenario yeah. was the only one. Electric relaxation off of Midnight Marauders. I know that one really well, but yeah, I, I didn't a lot. And now this is the stuff that I would put on. This is like a desert Island album for me. Like I'd take this with me anywhere. Yeah. It's a pretty great album. I mean, I, and I think if you were going to expose somebody like a child to hip hop, this would be a great album to start with. Yeah. I mean, it's got all the touch. It's got all the touchstones. Oh, now, he, like, now he's just going back to it. I want to, <laughs> that's crazy. Am Rob, I using that right? Hey, Rob, that's crazy that you're doing that. You're just using touchstone <laughs> over and over, isn't it? But that's a good point, Rob. Like I didn't think about it. Like if you were to introduce Let's say yeah. somebody younger than 13, like hip hop, right? Like mm-hmm. you're going to put on the chronic or you're going to put on this kind of this. A thing, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. This. yeah. So I mean, there's, all day. there's a couple things where you can tell it's dated, but I think, and it turns out that if you play, um, uh, if you play scenario, for example, for, let's say, I don't know, maybe a middle school class to start your class. And then one of the first songs is about how they're going to come in your eye. You know, maybe that's in there too, and you forgot that that's in there, just and you just know played that, from. and you hope none of the kids know. Let, let me know where I'm coming from. But I will say that song, Rap Promoter, is all about how he got, he's, you know, they're constantly getting ripped off by club promoters and stuff like that. But he mentions that on his rider is Or Ida Potatoes. Or Ida Bag Potatoes are so good. Aaron, are you fucking with Or Ida Bag Potatoes, like the crinkle cut or the waffle cut fries? Or is that just me? I literally, no, I, I bet I have. Them. I haven't that, had them shut for. Up. I, I bet I have that three times a week. I've not had them for a long time, but I recently read a recipe for roasted potatoes that call for Del Monte canned potatoes. And now I'm on the lookout for canned potatoes because I got to find potatoes. these. Canned, canned potatoes. Canned potatoes. They're supposed to be fantastic. Roast them up with some rosemary. I've read this on the internet oh recently. God, I, that's that's my next. I can't get to this fast culinary. Como that was canned <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> what is there like potatoes going bad? So I guess my question was, do you guys have any foods that you buy that you're kind of embarrassed that you would buy those foods? Like for me, I'll just tell you right now. Here's an example. The only cheese that I buy for the house is Kraft Singles in the plastic because it tastes good enough and it doesn't go bad. Any other time we buy cheese, you tipple it out and it's moldy. Don't need that. I know Aaron's disgusted by that. I love Kraft Singles, perfect in a grilled cheese. And guess what? Also okay in a tortilla with some taco meat on top. Not a big deal. Everybody loves it. I think Kraft Singles are a feat of engineering, Rob. I'm with you, man. They're like, they're an amazing thing. Like they're, they're, they're legitimately like an incredible invention. Is this a shot? I can't believe, I, not, I, I mean, can't, no, I can't I believe that Aaron agrees with me. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm, I'm with that. Okay. Okay. Tough guy. You got craft singles in your house right now? I don't right now, but I think they're, yeah, they're big wonderful. talk, big talk. Get off the fucking craft singles train. I'm driving this. It is a feat of engineering and I'm the engineer. And guess what? You're off the coast. Hey, Goodbye. Hey, air in or air out. I have an impromptu air in or air out. All right. Let's hear it. In the last 
10 years, has Aaron ever purchased pre-shredded cheese or does he shred his own off the block? Has he ever purchased a mm. bag of shredded cheese? It's time for All right, so I got to think about this. Does Aaron shred his own cheese? Does he shred the his own is, cheese or is he ever, does he, has he ever owned to purchase the bag of, of Ziploc shredded cheese? I'm going to say he has purchased it, but I'm going to say he prefers to buy the block and shred it because he saves like 50 cents or whatever you save. He likes to do that. And I would guess he's got one of those big square shredders. So it's actually. Do you think he makes his wife and kid watch him while he shreds it like he does when he oh, puts yeah. up the swig set outside? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He gets the shredded cheese and then he forgets the shredder and he has to go back yeah. to the kitchen. Matt, what, yeah, do Matt what do you think? Jinx. The uh, the right answer is great. Now we can't he, talk. He did. He has bought shredded cheese, but the right answer is just if you have a block of cheese, it is so much better to actually shred the cheese and put it on. So if you have the ability oh, no, to Russell. do it, if you <laughs> have the ability to do it, you absolutely shred your own cheese. You buy the block, shred your own cheese. It's great. Yeah. But he has bought a bag of shredded cheese in the last ten years. This is why this weekend when I gave Matt some shredded cheese on a tortilla, he said to fuck off because yep. <laughs> I got it out of the bag. It's so, it's, I didn't think that was a good guess, but whatever. Aaron, do you shred your own cheese by the block? Matt is 100% right. On the daily, we we buy blocks of cheese and shred or slice them for their useful, for their for whichever use you need them. So on the daily, we buy the blocks, but I have indeed purchased pre-sliced, pre-shredded cheese multiple occasions in the last 10 years when I'm making lasagna for the family who are visiting. So Matt is 100% omelets, correct. Omelets, there's nothing better than shredding your own cheese, putting in yeah. omelets. Oh, yeah, you got to shred it yourself. So you buy the block, work. you shred yeah. it yourself. How about instead of shredding your cheese, you take the plastic off and then you put it on top of your omelet <laughs> and then you got to wait a while to melt because it does have a plasticky like quality when you it first comes out. You look at the ingredient <laughs> list on shredded cheese. It's like cheese plus a bunch of other shit. Like on, it would the not ingredient surprise list me. on a block of cheese is like cultured milk, enzymes, and rennet. Like <laughs> there's a difference. It would not surprise me. You know that uh, Dr. Dre video where he opens up the fridge and it's just 40s. It would not surprise me if you opened up Russell's fridge and it was just all craft singles. And cheese. Like that's what takes up his whole and fridge. 40s. And Shred- 40s. Yeah, and 40s. and 40s. I haven't taken a dump in three years. I'm the, so backed up. The, this, the shredding the own cheese would violate Russ food rule number one, of course, is if it takes longer to make it than to eat it, it's out. It's so out. shredding my own Russ cheese out. is a no-go. <laughs> <laughs> Russ's oven is where he stores all his paper, important paperwork. He's like, I can't use this. It's so long. All right. I'm telling you guys, Orita potatoes. If you're not fucking with the um, waffle cut Orita potatoes, so good. New would taste good on top, probably. Butter. Ooh. We get some horns on this one. This is where I don't know what's in the background of this one, Rosie. Maybe you've got it, but I didn't get to the, the refrain. It's good. No, I didn't look up the sample on this one because I didn't want to. I didn't want to make the entire show about what are the samples because people have done that. Aaron goes to Costco and only takes some of the samples. I've never been to Costco. I, this is the one track to me that's like a little oh, bit. Right. It's like a little bit misogynist. This one and then obviously the upcoming, uh, the oh. the infamous. You know, this is the one where I just feel like Fife's a little over the top with the. He's like trying to do some slut shaming. That's like it's just this is like puts it in its you know 1991. Uh, Rob, you're you're a New York guy, so. Tribe Called Quest, they're uh, Queens. They're from Queens, right? Is that correct, yep. Rob? Yeah. So in honor of that, I went back to our favorite book, Who's in Vinyl? And they've got low-end theory in the book. Ooh, and I so like they it. suggest on side A of this album, you do a Queens cocktail, which is a, 
gin, sweet vermouth, dry vermouth, and pineapple juice. So I'm doing a Queen's cocktail in honor of a tribe called Quest. That sounds Russ's delicious. bar grows larger and larger every episode. He's now got dry and sweet vermouth. Well, I only buy one type of vermouth because it would take too long to pour two types of vermouth in there. So it would violate rule number one. So there's only, I don't know what kind of vermouth it is, but not two kinds. Russell drinks his drinks faster than he pours them. That might be, so we might need to have a chat like a, about that. a Duchess cocktail than a Queen's cocktail, but you're getting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron is called Russ out of his book. Aaron's on fire tonight. I love it. Verses from the abstract. So much anger over that whole uh, in swing set mishap. I do in feel like effect. this album picks up majorly toward the end. Agree. The second half is really good. So this one, they actually had a guy named Ron Carter on bass. From the Miles Davis quintet. His second quintet. And he does mention I'm pretty sure this. he was part of the third quintet, Aaron. Are you sure he's, yeah, I think he's part in the of the second, second quintet, quintet with Herbie Hancock and Wayne Shorter, right? It's John Hancock. John Hancock. <laughs> I got to ask you guys do you know Tony Williams on drums? I, I, I enjoy a lot of this album. Do you think it's a little monotone? It's just kind of like that same drum beat over and over. Maybe you guys have enough. Oh, what did you listen to? What did you listen to? Yeah, what did you listen to it on? I've done it different ways. I did. I've done earbuds, and I've also done um, mm-hmm. the, the Beats by Dre headphones. So I've done it both ways. But it just it, it felt a little bit um, consistent from song to song. Of it, it all the songs sounded very similar to me. I would agree with that. Clamps by Russell. That's a great name for those nipple clamps, by the way. <laughs> Russell, you, thank you, you, Russell. You're you're jumping the gun on my um, final rating, but I I do. I'm not sure if this is better than uh, Midnight Marauders, which is their album that came next. And I think the drums are more varied on Midnight Marauders because you start to get to a little bit more of that syncopation, a little bit more of that Dilla sound behind the beat kind of thing. And this does sound like a lot of the drums are similar loops. Yeah, Midnight Marauders is on the list, and I think if it had been before it would certainly be i think they just i think the way the list is crafted you know because it came out in 1991 that's why it's higher up there kind of thing but i agree with you that you know it's much uh they spread their wings much more on midnight marauders and it's getting Mm -hmm. a little bit more uh sampley if you will not so monotone so but i I want you to listen Listen to this verse. Listen to this lyric from this song real quick. All right. So you notice there that he said very quickly, and I definitely jumped to it right away. He's got a fetish for some booty. Okay. Now, first of all, that comes up multiple times in tribes. Right. A perfect (laughs) lyric. He indeed has a fetish. He's like, I have a fetish for the booty. What do you guys think would be the best fetish to have? Like if you could pick, and I'm not fetish shaming here. Like if we all know Aaron with the feet or whatever. Uh, and we know Russ with the, with the, the Russ clamps by Russell. But what would your what would be the fetish if you could pick to have a fetish? And what I mean by that is you see it and you just get turned on like crazy. What would be the best fetish to have? I gotta go with a foot fetish. I think that'd be awesome. You just go to the beach. You're looking at these feet. They got those little toes like Skittles, and you just want to suck on it's them. Too so easy bad. to get caught, Rob. Just staring at some chick's feet at the beach. It sounds just like too this is coming from personal experience. Man. No, yeah. no. Have you ever heard of mirrored sunglasses? Hello, that is a summertime staple for Rob at the pool. Let's get on sunglasses. the therapeutic Davenport of love and talk about these fetishes. Because Roosevelt Island has a pool, and Roosevelt Island is one of these places that <laughs> a lot of people that work at the UN live there. So when I go to the pool in Roosevelt Island, I see a lot of European swimsuits, if you know what I mean. Okay. So I see some swimsuits where I need those mirror glasses because I'm with kids. I can't let the kids see that I have a booty fetish as well. Okay. Now, do I also see a lot of Speedos? Yes. But guess what? It's a trade-off I'm willing to make. 
Those guys got beautiful bodies, man. I can't even lie about it. <laughs> what would be a fetish you'd want? Russell, you want to answer this question real bad. You're raising your hand. You're giving me a big thumbs up. I, I just can't stop thinking about the whole fanny pack thing. Like maybe I could make that like a, a new thing. Like you, you go in and you're just rocking just nothing but the fanny pack. I think that. Wait, do you think fetish. a fetish is something you do? No, no, I don't. I, I don't have a good answer. I'm fucking. Because I was going to say, if I'm your fetish is women time. wearing fanny packs, that would be great. I would love to see Russell seeing somebody walk by and be like, oh, yeah, look at that. Fanny but to pack. be fair, Rob talked about this fetishes said don't bring up feet. And then he immediately said his would be a foot fetish. It'd be easy. <laughs> My fetish right now is a naked person who's attracted to me. Do you know how hard of a fetish that is to pull off? That's one of the hey, most Rob, impossible Rob, fetishes yes, of know, all time. I know how hard it is to pull off. We don't need to bring that up again and again, right? Maybe maybe my fetish should be people who aren't attracted to me. Ooh, yeah, that would be really easy to do. I could do that, no problem. Just over and over being body shamed by, by everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that tray table is just going up and yeah. up and up. Matt, what's your what would be your fetish? Well, you, you, you brought up what would be a good fetish. Right, yeah. like not what's my fetish. And I I keep coming back to what a good fetish should be something where I don't want to know what your actual fetish is. Right. Yeah, right. Good. I'm glad. Uh, okay, would be something that you can't. So like you have to be like you're into the eyes or something like that. Where it's like something that you're not creepy looking at feet at the beach all the time or something like that. I think so. I don't know. You were just you were okay. Just so, that is you're just staying in your lane as well as you possibly can, Matt. No. That is so fucked. If you think yeah, some woman would rather bullshit. have you staring at her eyes than her feet, if you went up to some woman, you're just like, <laughs> okay, I'm doing a close up on the zoom camera. <laughs> You think that's better? Me being like, oh, look at those little piggies. Just want to suck on them. Like, that's way weirder looking at somebody's eyes. My fetish is their eyes. And if you said to a woman, like, oh, my fetish is your eyes. They'd be like, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. Open the door, jump out. Guys, speaking of getting busy, show busyness. Show business. <laughs> show busyness. Oh, this is badass. This scene went a little more up-tempo to me. I like the songs that were a little quicker than some of the slower ones. Yeah. So this is a verse by Lord Jamal, and I read on, definitely not on Genius.com, that this was the first, and Aaron, don't laugh at this, this is the first posse cut on this album. So Aaron, can you explain to me what a posse cut is? Yeah, it's when you're you're typically uh, bringing together members of uh, different rap crews and you're or even your same your your same rap crew like Wu Tang, a lot of the Wu Tang albums posse cuts where you're just doing trading off. You know, everybody's got one verse, everybody's throwing in their own verse. That's a, that's a posse cut. Like actually, a lot of the back half of the Chronic was posse cuts too. I think. I like that. I think that would be a gang I'd start called the Posse Cuts. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that song is kind of interesting. They originally recorded that song as a song called Georgie Porgy, which was about a kid growing up in the hood as a homosexual or as, as being gay. I was told I can't say homosexual anymore, that that's bad to say. No, I'm, I'm Wait, trying seriously? to stay on top of it. Yeah. That's my, when I said that once in front of a, in front of a uh, queer friend of mine and she laughed and laughed and said, what are you a doctor? Homosexual? And I, was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing the right thing. But yes, I am a doctor. Uh, show me those toes. This is the toe inspection. But but then the, the, they said the label basically said no we can't release a song like this it's going to be too heavy and one of the guys who wrote that is not on the song because he said if we're not going to talk about that then I'm not going to do it so it was this thing with like they were trying to be a little bit more progressive but the the, the actual record label was like no that's too much like you can talk about all that other stuff but not that I I just thought that was kind of interesting vibes and let's see oh wait no this is I'm sorry I was looking at an Amazon order I've coming in vibes and stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> you've got coming in? Now this one I know is off of Grant. Happy Mother's Day. We have we have to call it out. This song is the second reference to Arsenio. Yes. <laughs> two two references on side A. And over there is my dog pound. Huh. It's also called vibes and such because the noise you hear in the background is called a vibraphone. Right. Okay. And we know that we don't want our phones to ring, so we always have it set to vibraphone. Yeah. And when I looked up this sample, it's off a Grant Green album, but the vibraphone player, I've already forgotten his name. It's not any of the well-known vibraphone players. They were really digging deep on this stuff. They were. They didn't have any of the well-known vibraphone players. Aaron, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> they didn't want to pay him. It yeah. cost too much. They didn't want to pay him. Vibraphone Jones was like, come on, man. It's me, like, Vibraphone Jones. I'm the best known Vibraphone player. I was thinking like Bobby Hutcherson, but I don't know. Maybe I, I might be saying that. Oh, right. oh yeah. B Hutch. I might have come oh, up well. with the wrong guy. B-Hutch. Yeah. I was thinking Vibraphone Jones. We'll skip it. Let's go to check the rhyme. This verse by Fife, though, so strong. Yep. I read that charisma. this. I read that this is really kind of a celebrated hip hop song for something called call and response rhyme cipher, where it's back and back and forth. Ooh, like Run DMC. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. But I try to do this on here, but you guys never respond. I do a lot of <laughs> calling. Call. There's no response. But there's actually another song that you guys have to hear that has a little call and response with Fife Dog. This is Shaq, Where You At, from Shaq oh. Diesel. Fife Dog was on that album with Shaq. And honestly, this is embarrassing. I knew Fife Dog from the Shaq album, not from the Oh, my album. God. Ah, that's amazing. That's so good. How my nuts taste. This is it. That's all I got on this. We can move along. Oh, no, these lyrics are so good. Matt, can you look up where Shaq, Shaq is on is the list? Shaq is a pretty good rapper. Fast forward a little bit, Rob, and see. Let's let Aaron judge Shaq's rapping skills. Wait, what about Matt? Matt knows rap. Matt? You got to fast I forward. I honestly fast forward. I really did. basketball player. Who is the guy from the Any basketball player Here, oh, you that's got her. rap album out is not good. <laughs> And any rapper who wants to play basketball is not good at basketball. Mm. Every rapper, oh, wow. every rapper wants to be an NBA player, and every every NBA player wants to be. A, and this is very generalization, so we'll go with all you know. There's football players. Everybody wants to be in the music game, not rapper, but like in the music game. And every everybody in the music game wants to be an athlete. And so that's like every know. guy who has a foot fetish really wants to have an eye fetish, and every guy who has an <laughs> eye fetish really wants to have a foot fetish. Yeah, that that tracks. What's yeah, that <laughs> I did the close-up look on the zoom again. All right. Everything fair is fair. This is one of the only songs that involves drugs on this whole album, which is pretty wild. True, very little drug rap. God, he's got great lyrics. I may have to play my opening song again so you guys can hear what that sounded like, because that was also very good. <laughs> it's also got bars. But these these albums are so hard for me to make the opening songs for. Jazz, we've got. We've got the jazz. Starring Rudy Gobert. That's a good joke. They're playing right now, I see. Who's, who's the musician here, Rosie? Competition? Oh, you know what? That's Matt, I'm really glad you asked because I think that our, our listeners are probably wondering 
Uh-oh. If there's going to be a list on this episode. Oh, there are no listeners now, still. And we've waited this long to drop a list on this episode. And I, I, I heard this song, and I looked up the sample, and it, it inspired me to make a list. So, All right. Jimmy, nice. Jimmy McGriff. Yeah. Jimmy Hold McGriff on. had me calling out for a list. Well, we were getting, the, we were getting the going, going, get going thing, so we'll just keep talking over the things. But, Rosie, I didn't drop that. I didn't drop that. I, I really didn't know. I really wanted to know. So this is very interesting that you actually have a list for this. All song. right. What is the list, Aaron? Aaron, what's the list here? So the sample on this song, you heard the you heard the soprano saxophone there. The burr, 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 doo, doo, doo. Yeah. That is Jimmy McGriff and the Jimmy McGriff Quintet. Uh, and it's Lucky Thompson on the sa- soprano sax live from the Cook County Jail. And I think, Rob, you might have the, so, the source material queued up. So if you want to play that real quick. here in about three seconds you're gonna hear the soprano sax you got the jimmy mcgriff on the organ all right so this is a live concert from the cook county jail which is in illinois and it turns out there's a lot of great music recorded in prisons in some way oh i love it so we're doing (laughs) a prison music list right now yes yes so Hey, what earlier when I didn't want to talk about my fetish, here we go. Here we go. Cage prison girls in heat listening to jazz. So when I saw when I looked up the sample, I immediately thought I gotta do a prison music list because it's gonna bring up some of our favorites. It's gonna let me talk about it. some interesting things. It turns out there's another uh, American music great who has performed at the Cook County Jail, and that is B.B. King. So this is B.B. King, How Blue Can You Get, live from the Cook County Jail in 1971. Amazing. You just see Russell, like, holding up a gas station outside. He hears it going on. He's like, <laughs> yeah. give me all your money. Like, you don't even have a gun. He's like, let me in. I want to hear this concert. So we're starting with B.B. King's solo to start uh, the song, How Blue Can You Get. So we got to hear a little bit of this guitar. Because it's, it's, it's as good as it gets. We should put all these albums into a box set of like a jailhouse rock right. box set. No doubt. Because there's right? something about hearing these guys cheer in the background where you just get like, yeah. it just gets you amped, right? And then, Rob, if you want to play the next sample, we just got to hear BB King's yeah. voice. I gave you seven children. And wow. Now you want to give them back. I mean, what a voice, right? And the whole crowd going nuts. His voice is so good, he should be BB plus king. Right. So then obviously, if we're going to play prison songs, songs recorded in the prison, we got to play one of my favorites. I know one of Russell's favorites, Johnny Cash doing Folsom Prison Blues live from Folsom Prison. This is an all-timer. This is on my top probably five to ten song list ever. It was a a Rob favorite in college at karaoke. Absolutely. One of the oh, reasons yes. I fell in love with the song is That's Rob true. was so good at doing it at the bar. I'm going to start out with a little patter, a couple jokes. This is, and this is another one. You can just hear the, hey, the inmates getting into it. To be clear, though, it's no Portishead. It's no Portishead. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, what a bunch of bullshit. I will say we've talked about it before, but on that Johnny Cash album, there is a section where they are calling out prisoners who have people visiting yeah. them during the concert. Yeah, right. And Russell and I have said to each other a number of times, if that was us, I'd be like, 
Hey, mom, go fuck yourself because I'm watching a Johnny Cash concert. This freaking rules. I am not coming out to visit you. Forget about it. So in the 50 years after Johnny Cash performed at Folsom Prison, there were no other artists who were granted a permit to perform in Folsom Prison until, I believe, 2018, when Los Tigres del Norte, and my Spanish is terrible, a Norteño band received a permit to perform in Folsom Prison, and they did, and they did their own version in Spanish of the Folsom Prison Blues. So let's hear Los Tigres del Norte doing La Prisión del Folsom. There's a little bit of a lead in here. You gotta hear it though. This kicks ass, Aaron. This song is so good. <laughs> it's, it's oh, so yeah. Good. Oh, yes. This is an Aaron list like I've never heard before in my life. Is that an accordion? Yeah. There's accordion, there's tuba on here. There's a Netflix documentary about this concert, which I haven't watched yet, but all the videos on YouTube are incredible. They'll make you cry all the tears. It's so good. Hey, you combine my prison music fetish with my accordion fetish, and it shit's getting real over here right now. (laughs) So keeping it in California, uh, the San Quentin, obviously San Quentin is a famous prison, and we know that uh, Johnny Cash recorded an album there. But what I didn't know until I did a little bit of research is that Frank Sinatra once performed at San Quentin, and this didn't make it to an album. But when he was asked to perform at San Quentin, he said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And he brought the entire Count Basie Orchestra and played for the inmates at San Quentin. So this is Frank Sinatra doing Fly Me to the Moon for San Quentin. Oh, sweet. Let me sing forevermore because you are all I long for. Went ahead and brought the entire orchestra. Like, sure, I can do a performance. I'm going to bring everybody. He should have probably brought a guy with a microphone. You know what I mean? Like instead of a wax cylinder, whatever they recorded this on, they maybe should have. And this is from of, I think I this know. is from 1966. And if you do look this up on YouTube, there's some great voiceover from Walter Cronkite, which is also just worth listening to as a sort of uh, historical time capsule thing. And then the last song, I went ahead and switched it. The other songs leading up to this were songs recorded by people who were not locked up, who were performing for inmates. But here I've got a song from an inmate. This is Draco the Ruler who was locked up for two full years while he was waiting trial on a murder charge, which for which he was eventually acquitted. And he's one of the uh, new West coast stylists in rap. So this is Draco, the ruler. He recorded all of his verses for this album over the phone from prison. Uh, the album is called thank you for using GTL, which is the uh, prison telecom company. And this song is called <laughs> social media can't help you. A million followers, and none of them can't help you. Tell him jump up out the screen, I'm playing Elvis. All his shots, but he felt it in his This microphone sounds better than Russell's. As Draco the Ruler recording from prison over the phone while he was locked up. What a lift, Aaron. So that's it. That's what I got. Those are prison songs inspired by the sample on Jazz We've Got. That's a great connection. I love it. I can tell you, if you want to go into my true fetish, which is bodybuilding women, <laughs> social media can help you. Because if you look at my Instagram search, if you click on that little magnifying glass of Instagram search, it's just people playing Madden video games. And then the biggest, buffest women that you've ever seen in your entire life. 
and I love it. <laughs> so good try to try to do something without me talking about it. <laughs> okay, that didn't make sense. What I just said. It's, sorry. All right, Sky Pager. Do you know the important? This is so nineties, isn't it? The yes. song about how much you need a pager. But my mom had a pager. She did play the song all the time. And the Duracell batteries last only three weeks because he won't put it on pause or whatever. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I was For this, I was looking up some pager codes just to let you guys know. Okay. Oh, 07734. That's hello. Because if you read it upside down, it spells out hello. Oh, nice. Right? 143 is I love you. 911 is call me right away. 477 is best friends forever. 6969 is Russell's calling you. <laughs> you just get a bunch of blanks. That's Matt talking to you on the phone. <laughs> and then there's one four three three seven, which if you look at it, kind of looks like the word feet. And that's Aaron. He wants you to text him pictures of your feet. And I cannot tell you how many times I look at numbers to try to combine them. Yeah, four three three seven nine one one. I tried to look at so many numbers to make feet. I was like, okay, if you do a one and a three, that kind of looks like a butt. But that's not really like what we're. I'm talking about feet. So there's a lot of me doing numbers today. So I'm a I'm 41 years old. All right, what? <laughs> what? I couldn't believe this was the hit song off this album. This is a great song. This is phenomenal. It's also the third reference to our Sinio. <laughs> At some point, there has to be a producer on this album that says, hey, we've, we've covered our Sinio twice. We don't need it a third time or not. No way. What's a better way to get on the Arsenio Hall show than to keep talking about Arsenio Hall? There's a very famous Bob Dylan song for us. It's All Right, Ma, where he basically yeah. reminds me of this song. You know, basically has a million lyrics. Uh, huge long song and just makes all sorts of awesome points. And it just it reminded me of this song. And it, that's why I said this song is better than anything Dylan wrote or on on target with anything Dylan wrote. I mean, this mm-hmm. is just like when you really dive into the lyrics, it's just genius. So if anybody's bored, go out and look at the lyrics or listen to that whole song. What? Because it's it's great. It's just one minute for after another, right? All right. Now we have Scenario, the last song on the album. This end of this album is so good. I mean, this is the song I absolutely remember from this album. This is the one where I watched the video, and it was like, this this thing is snapping. Like, this is a whole different genre of music than I've ever seen in my life. I was telling Matt about this before you guys came on, uh, but the video is so great. It reminded me of that Aerosmith video where it started as a computer screen, and everybody's like, 1991, this video is a computer? Like, this rules. But the video had uh, Spike Lee in it, De La Soul, Brand Nubian, five, fad, Fab Five, Freddy, and Redman. So it had all these um, cameos. Luminaries. Okay. And then, uh, and by the way, you can get all those guys on Cameo for under $25 now. But <laughs> it also featured a 19-year-old. So picture what you're doing at 19 years old. Here is Bust Rhymes. Listen to this. I mean, that's what a star sounds like. So this is clearly, at least from my perspective, the biggest hit, right? The one that's the mo- by far the most known song. You guys remember yeah. many albums where the big hit was the last song on the album? Matt, what do you think of it? You're the construction guy. Should this um, have been earlier, like Rain. the lead song or not? Should it have been? No, I mean... No, but they, I mean the construction. If you go back to just Rob, go just the, this is the low end theory. Go to the first song one yep. more time, real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, all right. It, let's start over. This song's called Excursions. Oh, let's get into the album. School here. You know, but again, the low end theory. The whole thing was to get as much bass as you can out, and so this song 
set the table Back big time. If you listen to it in your Beats by Dre, yep. and then you got Q-Tip going, and then you end with a scenario where you got everybody going. So again, it, it it's it's probably up there in one of the top. And man, shit, I forgot to mention it. When, so. I'm too late on this, but when we talk about the engineering and the construction, we should have talked about Bob Power a long time ago because Bob Power was the engineer on this album and on Midnight Marauders. You Sorry, you're too late to talk things, about it. Moved on. <laughs> when Matt said, maybe on the third track, when Matt was like, you can hear their lyrics, part of that is because they really cared about how this music sounded. And as yep. Rob knows, the best albums are the ones that sound the best. And Q-Tip, Ali Shaheed Mohammed, Bob, Ta- Bob Power, they all got in the studio, as far as I understand, and they wanted this thing to sound good. And they had an idea for how they wanted it to sound, and they pulled it off. And so the, the best albums over and over again are the ones where someone gave a shit how they sounded, except for Exile, and they paid attention to the sounds. And so props to these guys for making this happen. And once again, we find Rolling Stone top 500 albums. Pretty good. Good. Pretty, good, pretty good. Pretty good albums. It's mind blowing. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. The pen. Very popular. Looking at Matt, I think his fetish is air raid sirens. <laughs> oh, yeah. He loves the little movement. Got a little movement there every time you play I don't it. Like, I don't like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is our rating system. And listen, we're going long, so I'm just going to say it real quick. We, is this a rolling well tone? That means this should be at 43. It's the perfect spot for low end theory. Uh, is this a rolling bone? It should have been way higher than 43. We made a huge mistake by not putting it up there. It turns out rolling stone, you done goofed, okay? Or is this a we rolling groan? Like okay, this album is no good. It The other album, whatever you guys were talking about, is better. It should be ahead of this one. This one, stop, don't like it. Other album, move it up. And in this case, it wouldn't be 43. It would be later in the list, which, of course, because we're reading the list from 1 to 500, and a reminder, we are at 43, so this is only 10%. Can you imagine when we're at album 500 and I'm still doing this bit 10 years later? And <laughs> everybody's still me, like, oh, don't, oh, don't make oh, me this, imagine that. This bit don't was almost funny don't the first time, that. and the 500th time came right back hey, Rob, around. I loved it. Rob, we're at 42 times, and the bit is the bit is played out. It's been played out, so I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> But do you understand it's rolling well-toned if it's perfectly yes. balanced? It's a rolling groan <laughs> if you didn't like it, and it's a rolling bone if you liked it. Okay? It's that simple. Matt, what do you think of this album? I liked it a lot. I think it's rolling well-toned. I, I am questioning whether it should be uh, rated higher than Wu-Tang's Enter the, Wu, Enter the Wu-Tang, uh, 36 oh. Chambers. I'm Ooh. questioning whether it should be. I don't think so, but I, I, would li- I think I'd listen to this album more than that album um, in the How future. About the Chronic? Oh, definitely better than the Chronic. chronic. Way, yeah. Well, yeah. So again, maybe, maybe yep. for that reason. But like 43 feels like a good, is a great spot for it. You know, top 50, uh, huge band, great Q-tips, a genius, all that stuff. So I think it's rolling well-toned. All right. Aaron, what do you think of this album? Yeah, like I said, I think it's a Desert Island album for me. Every time I listen to it, I hear something different. You can put it on in your headphones and give it 100%. Rolling well tone means it's perfect. Or you can put it on. (laughs) You were trying, Rob. I know you were trying not to do it. You can put it on in the living room and just vibe out and enjoy it. Um, I still don't know. I can't decide if this is a better. I, I think Midnight Marauders might be better. I can't decide if this is the best Tribe album, but I will say Tribe in general 
should have been higher than the chronic specifically. I mean, Dre said with a producer who can rap and control the mic stroll and he wouldn't, didn't write his own raps and Q-tip is pretty close to the producer that Dre is maybe better. So I got to say this album is better than the chronic. So I'm going to say tribe in general is rolling boned. I don't know what I would say about this album, but I'm going to say rolling, rolling boned. So Aaron's main point of this album is that you can listen to it in a lot of places. Wow. I want to say, I'm so glad you're on the podcast with us, Aaron. That, you know what? That was mean. That was, I feel mean. I feel this late in the podcast being mean to you is just being mean to be mean because nobody's listening to this. It's just right, me it's, being mean it's, to, it's just you, to make myself listen. feel better about it's all the dumb shit like, I've said. Rob and Matt already like went to hula hands. Oh, that's close. They already went to champs to hang out for the post game beer. And it's just you and me, Rob. It's a waffle fries. Oh, Russell, what so do you think good. of this album? Yeah, that's why the Or Ida ones are good. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I like I said, I never really listened to a Tribe Called Quest when I was younger. To me, I was probably more into gangster rap, whether it be Biggie or whether it be Dr. Dre or Tupac or whoever. I enjoyed the album, but I will say when I listened to it a few more times over, to me it felt very repetitive. And I know Aaron says you can always pick out different things. I don't have the same ear for music that Aaron has, but to me, the drum beat felt very repetitive from song to song. I would never take this Fair. over Dr. Dre, the chronic. I would take the chronic every day over this. So I'm going to say I really liked it, but I'm going to say I'm going to give it a little bit of a rolling groan. It, it's too repetitive for me. Fair. This album gets a rolling bass tone. Guys, crank up the bass. This is yes. a great album to just test out those speakers. Uh, I don't own a car right now, but I am definitely going to go rent a car, buy a speaker, <laughs> put it in. It sounds like a great plan to me. I think that's good. You know, these bass tones, like Aaron said, it really makes the girls shake their turd cutters. Oh, Aaron, I don't like that at all. <laughs> that is too much for me. Next up, we got an album that was recorded Jeez. one year after this album. We With have Q-tip Nas. On some production. Il- what? What did you say? Q-tip? No, let's, let, let's just go all night. What did you say? produced a track on Illmatic. I was like joining in. I wanted to be part of the podcast. I'm going to say it again. And I think I've said this before. You can't just join in when somebody's talking. Because when people hear that over the podcast, they well, they don't hear it because I edit it out. I edit your ass out every time. But when you're like, so there's a nobody hears it, both of it. So that's why I paused, Aaron, because what you said was so important. Thank you, all right. So now that we all hate each other, and it turns out this is actually album 44 or whatever. I, this is all fucked. Whatever. Have a good day, everybody. See you. We're, have a good day. And then I say, have a good day. Have a good day. What is Have a good day. Things, what is my, things what are, are going well. Things are going well. <laughs> when you want to hear about the greatest Deep albums breath. of all time. Unlike this album, the podcast did not get better as it went on. Fell apart at the end. <laughs> if you want to hear four guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the got off track. podcast for Just got off track. Too. It's all right. It's true. Happens. Did it better. You know, while you guys were talking about the music, I was thinking about something else, Matt Stout, and I've actually changed my mind. Now that I know that Aaron's a fanny pack guy, I definitely think he could beat up a grizzly bear if he were <laughs> able to get his adjustable nipple clamps on the bear's <laughs> touchstones. <laughs> Touchstones. <laughs> the touchstones. Yes. He can do it. Well, I hate to say it, Russell. I was hoping you'd work in crafts, American slices into there. And craft singles. <laughs> you didn't do it. So failure. You get a BB minus king. <laughs> and oh. there's the final joke. Yes, I nailed it. <laughs> Me, baby. Me, the main host. <laughs> Push through, stop recording in case somebody else makes a joke.